0: Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager from the leadership team of Relate365.com. And today I get to talk with Tim and Abaya Brown. (laughs) Tim and Abaya Brown. You weren't always Tim and Abaya Brown. Certainly not. You had a different name, didn't you, Abaya? I did. How did you meet Tim?
1: (laughs) Uh, We were both students at Nicolay Bible Institute. um, And actually, he was an intern while I was a
0: student.
2: A mysterious intern.
0: A mysterious intern. And what do you mean by that?
2: I had this allure because I was, you know. I wasn't a student. I was an intern.
0: Oh, okay. So he, he was like the older man on campus and you were kind of eyeing him?
1: Oh yeah, of course. No. Yeah, <laughs> sure.
0: So you both went to NBI. Yeah. The late Bible Institute is a part of Silver Birch Ranch and it's here in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. Um, would you recommend that program to other people?
1: Absolutely. We totally uh, do all the time. In fact, um, it was a, a year of life-changing transformation i know for me um, and just seeing how it's worked in my husband's life Uh, i grew up in a christian home my dad was a pastor uh, but it was a year for me to really like make my faith my own and so um i've learned so many life-changing things just from that year that i've been able to bring into the rest of my life and then hopefully influence others with the things that i've learned there and continue to grow so
0: Absolutely. Now, both of you guys grew up in Christian homes. So coming to Nicolay Bible Institute, I I always say when I teach the Bible, I have nothing new to teach. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't have taught you anything new (laughs) while you were here. It it would have been impossible if I came to you and said, there's a God. You would take a note. Right. Yes, there's a God. Mm -hmm. Jesus came and paid for your sins. Yes. I, I know that, Dave. You know, there's these apostles. They wrote like this. I mean, regardless of the class you were in, there was nothing really new. Sure. So what's the benefit for anybody going to a Bible college or uh, a a year of training when they already grew up in the church and in a Christian home and they know all that stuff already?
1: Well, for me, it put some of the responsibility on myself instead of having somebody else uh, not only just showing me, like my parents raised me up well and they showed me, but it was my year of real ownership Mm -hmm. in the things that I was learning. And... You know, you can be taught things your whole life that are wonderful, but uh, we're always adding new tools to our toolbox. So through all the classes, um, just continue to equip us to be ready.
0: Well, you sound like you guys are involved still in some kind of ministry. What are you doing now?
2: Currently, I am working as the intern manager at a camp I work at. I'm replicating the same program.
0: And what's the name of the camp?
2: The name of the camp is Cranhill Ranch. Okay.
0: And where is it located?
2: It's located in mid-Michigan in Big Rapids. Okay. Mm -hmm. And
0: and what, what exactly are you doing there?
2: Uh, I work in two departments. The first one is the internship manager, so I teach kids in the same exact way I was taught here years ago, um, and I also work in program, so I work on the summer side and the fall side and winter side of bringing kids in and having them experience God.
0: Now, is it is it that you guys, you know, you finished with NBI, you couldn't do anything else in life, so you went into ministry? <laughs> is, that, is that what happened?
2: Definitely not. Um uh NBI if we look at the analogy of a foundation um making the foundation your own and making it um, built with Christ growing up you get a lot of building blocks you get cement you get the rebar you get all the stuff but until you start making that foundation with the stuff you're given um you're kind of just on sand so for us uh, we got bit by the discipleship bug and got bit by the um the foundation bug of we want to teach kids the way we were taught to keep getting better and better and changing the world through that so we've been bit by that bug for sure
0: now, uh, obviously, uh, one of the great, if, if someone were to come to me and say, what is the purpose of Nicolay Bible Institute, I would say, number one, we want to teach you the Bible. Mm-hmm. Number two, we want to teach you how to die to yourself. And yeah. really, I stop after that. <laughs> because if anybody learns those two things, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, that, that's the keys to the kingdom right there. If you can know what God's Word says, and you can die to yourself and listen to God's Word, you will be somebody who God would use in, in life to do something significant. And he would be the one doing it because you're just listening to him. Yeah. Is that a good summary?
2: It's a great summary. I want to add to that, that the most important thing I think I learned from you in the classes was um, you gave the analogy you're wearing a black sweatshirt when you came in and you said, what color is my sweatshirt? And we all said, well, it's black. And you go, no, it's green. And We fought back and forth for a while. And you're trying to make the point that truth is not relative. Truth is truth, regardless of how you put it. Um, And living in Chicago with my wife for a number of years while I was at Moody Bible Institute, um, that was what made us survive, was that um, in a place where truth is what you feel, um, not what you know, um, it was very hard. But because you taught us that way, we were able to survive and thrive and preach that truth is not relative. Truth is what God says it is in the Bible.
0: Yeah, it, it really is regardless of what we feel. Yeah. Even to this day, the discovery of truth is very important because it doesn't change, and mm-hmm. that's what I was talking about originally. Not, yeah. It's not going to change. So, someone my age, we have a hard act because we have to keep teaching people what they already know, right? Mm-hmm. And making it com- some kind, some kind of um, relevance to them on yeah. why we're teaching them what they already heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you have the same challenge. You're working with interns now. Now, are you active with the interns at all, Abaya?
1: Uh, I, I am active with the interns, but not in the same kind of role that he is. I also work full-time at the camp. Okay. Um, so I'm the volunteer coordinator. I oversee our petting farm and then work in the horsemanship program. Uh, so on weekends when guests are there, similar to Silver Birch, uh, we're all working together uh, to serve the guests.
0: Now, do you have opportunities then to uh, talk to a lot of people and, and be
1: yes. a part of their life? Yeah, absolutely, especially on trail rides. Uh, It's a perfect place to talk to somebody (laughs) because, yeah, uh, you know, you're with them for about 45 minutes and they can't get away from you, hopefully. (laughs) Um, But uh, it's a great place to build relationships and uh, really just getting to know them and then see where the Lord leads the conversation.
0: Yeah, building relationships. You know, obviously everything Christian, everything good about life is relational. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how long have you two been married? Six years. Six years. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, do you like being married? Yeah. Mm. Is this still a good idea?
2: It's a great idea, just not the idea that I thought it was going in. There you go. <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh, is it is it something that, as you're in marriage, you're able to see the uh, uh, the extreme value of each other's partnership? Yeah. Or are you definitely? I mean, it, it, tell me about if somebody's sitting out there thinking, you know, I'm I'm not sure about marriage in a day and age where everybody's getting divorced mm. it seems, and it's so easy to get out of marriage. You guys, you're six years in. Now this year for me, I'll be 40 years in.
1: Mm, congratulations. So it's,
0: you know what though? People say that and I wonder, it seemed easy to get 40 years. I mean, all I had to do is wake up every morning and, mm. you know, include my wife and my life. So uh, <laughs> when you do that, you end up many years later, you're still married and you actually enjoy that whole process.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but the bottom line really is you're married, you're in a camp. And people around you are not necessarily married. They're young people coming through. their are interns. Sure. So you get a chance to put on display mm. what it looks like to be a married couple who is committed to each other. Yeah. Now, do you find that you get opportunities to actually do that, or is it just mythical? They know you're married, but they never really see that you know, what marriage is really about and and how to go through this married thing.
2: I think life, like truth of any kind, um, it's lived out every day. So I think that um, I can tell my interns the statutes of marriage and what God wants for marriage. Um, And when I demonstrate a life, or try my hardest uh, to demonstrate a life that God calls us to in marriage, that's when the truth comes alive in their lives too.
0: Okay, so what do you two do in marriage to make sure that you uh, have time together?
1: That's a good question. That's something that we're working on. Um, the season, in fact, yeah. Yeah, that's something we're actually uh, here at Silver Birch right now for a marriage retreat and learning how to do that better. Um, so uh, we just spent the morning learning, like, what are some things that we can do to set aside to make sure that we're intentionally building into our relationship? Because it's really easy. Like, we love serving, um, and yeah. we love serving others, but sometimes we put that before our you know serving one another and right. so we're learning how to do that
0: now you used a word in there i like it's called you said intentional mm. and i and i think as an older guy i would say intentionality is the key to all of life mm-hmm. you you can't allow things that are important to accidentally happen yeah so you don't allow your relationship god, with god to be an accident happening yeah you know i mean it's not that god isn't maneuvering things so that you can have a relationship with him he is but but actually, you need to be intentional about saying I'm going to spend time yep. with God. Right. And both of you, uh, you probably have the same problems every other young couple has. Uh, for example, your schedules may not mesh. Yeah. All of a sudden, you might want to get in God's Word yourself and spend some time, and then not have the opportunity because of things that are happening within the family or things that are happening within the ministry or. Mm-hmm. The, the time is different I think that's
2: important too to, that's what we're realizing now is we're not the only ones struggling with that it's amazing the more couples we speak to the more people we speak with go oh yeah we struggle with that or, oh yeah that's been a thing our whole lives just knowing that we're not the only people that seem not perfect is a kind of a beautiful thing to live into
0: yeah well well Satan would love to um if he had an opportunity he would love to lull you to sleep in, in the relationship and get you non-intentional to just mm. have you kind of ride it out as a relationship. So the time you're married 40 years like myself, it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I mean, like, oh, yeah, I'm married, but to who? Yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah, I live with her. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, that's not what you want, mm. you know, in life. I tell you, it, some of the intentional things that Linda and I have done through the years, the most probably the most important intentional thing is that we like to walk every day. Mm. That's still the most important thing that we do because we need to get together. And the reason we need to walk outside the home is because inside the home there's too many distractions. Mm. There's a lot of things that my eyes will go to inside the house that I need to do or I wanna do or be involved in, and Linda's talking and I'm reading the paper. And there's nothing wrong with either of those, but not at the same time normally. Mm. Um, When we walk, there's no agenda, there's nothing there. We have to communicate. And Linda found out that when we go for a walk, it's much more uh, likely that I will start talking because I'm doing something other than staring at her. <laughs> <laughs> just the way it is. And men are, are, are wired that way, mm-hmm. you know? So that, that's just one of those things. I would encourage you to be intentional about doing something every day with your spouse. I mean, every yeah. day. Now, if you're legalistic, you'll, you'll go nuts. Like if you didn't do it at the end of the day, mm-hmm. okay, there are days. Sure. <laughs> you know, there are days. Now, this is hunting season up here, and I, I started hunting last year, so got my first deer, and now it's like, "I want blood." <laughs> <laughs> out there and get some more. Right. But uh, what's interesting is now Linda, at the end of the day, when we used to walk, sometimes she'll go, "Why don't you go hunting?" Mm. See, so she knows, there's a certain window, and because we're not in a crisis situation, where, oh, boy, we haven't talked in. No, we, we go walking whenever it's possible. Yeah. So why don't you go hunting because this is the best time to go. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want the walk to become something like, I'm looking at my watch going, can we get this walk over yeah. with? Yeah. All of a sudden the walk misses the yeah. opportunity that it should have. So I would encourage you, set something that says, this is what we do mm-hmm. every day. And every day make the arrangement to do it and be intentional about it. And you have to have a good reason why you don't do it Mm
1: -hmm.
2: yeah
0: and that would be very helpful because it, it it helps
1: and i think one of the things that uh i'm learning is that uh it doesn't have to be this big huge thing sometimes we think that we need to see this big shift in order for it to be important especially in our younger generation like everything needs to be a big deal and sometimes god's just asking us to take that first yes step forward to doing something so we actually uh two weeks ago before we go to bed we started reading through the narnia series Oh, fun! so yeah we're like what's something that's just fun that we can relate with and uh just enjoy and So we read a chapter, right now we're in The Magician's Nephew, and we're going to go through all the books. And it's been such a joy to know that we have something to look forward to right before we go to bed. For
2: Mm -hmm. how exciting life is, you know, work's super fun, life's super fun. But the thing I look forward to the most is that intentional time uh, with you every night. And by you, I don't mean Dave, I mean my wife. Of course. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. And if you were looking at us, you'd see he was looking at her, (laughs) which is good. Uh, Your personalities, are they different? Wildly. Yeah. In, In what way?
1: Um, so I'm very extroverted. I love being around people. And so my cup is filled when we're with a group of people. Um, and he's more extroverted. And he could spend, or I'm excuse me, introverted. Um, and we could spend uh, the, the rest of our life on a deserted island, just the two of us, and he would be content. Yeah.
2: I mean, I love people. I love yeah. people. But after a couple hours of people, I don't love people as much as I started. Yeah, and that's you know?
0: okay. <laughs> I, honestly, I think one of the most important things that any human being can do is understand the difference between introvert and extrovert Mm. that's very simple and enjoy the difference Mm -hmm. and and celebrate the difference and if you don't do that then you're not really caring for somebody and loving them because um tim you need to be excited that abaya is an extrovert and Mm -hmm. look for ways to let her get get into the extrovert world yes and you need to realize abaya that he gets people wear him out Mm -hmm. he needs a break from people every once in a while Mm. and he doesn't ever need a break from you though, yeah, yeah, he needs a break from people uh, extroverts uh, they love one on ones quiet one on twos maybe it's the crowds that get them, and so you want to get a break from that
2: yes that. <laughs> 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 amen <laughs> and that
0: you know really just understanding that here's yeah. what happened in our marriage actually uh, Linda wrote read me a book while we traveled called the the um Introvert Advantage. Hmm. She, she read it to me while we traveled anywhere and we finished the whole book and she just read it, you know. And in that book, have you ever read The Introvert Advantage? No. I would suggest you go get it and read it because it's one of those books that changes everything about how you look at people. Hmm. Um, it helps you understand that actually the introverted personality is extremely gifted in certain areas and the extrovert is gifted in certain areas. The introvert in general, though, is not understood because it's an extrovert's world that we live in, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Um, so at church now, if I'm setting up something, I'll put introvert chairs out. By that, I mean, I'll go around the outside of the room. I'll put three chairs in this corner, three in that corner, three in this corner, three in that corner. Those are for the introverts to go sit while the extroverts are doing the limbo in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like I, fun. I mean, <laughs> that's all there is. It's, it's just a respect for the fact that they like having a good conversation with one person or two. Mm-hmm. They don't like necessarily doing the limbo with everybody all the yeah. time. It's not that they can't and then it's not that they won't. It's just that's not their preference all the time. They mm-hmm. would rather sit and talk with one person yeah. or two people. So why not give them provision for that? Mm. And then not make them feel bad about that. So if you're in a room, you go out and work the crowd. By uh, you talk to one guy, and at the end you both go, "We had a great time." Yeah, oh, once what limbo happens. Eight times, oh, you yeah. know, and I'm <laughs> all sweaty and it's all cool. Oh, yeah. And you know, Tim is saying, "You know, yeah, I, I enjoyed this conversation with this guy." And mm-hmm. and you both go home thinking, "What a great time we had together." Yeah, and you really did something different, totally.
1: And I think that it's important that people recognize, like the whole recharging aspect that you were talking about because when people meet Timmy, they think he's an extrovert because he's really good at working in a crowd and talking with a bunch of people. But at the end of the day, he's just spent. And we're, you know, I will also do the same thing. It appears the same on the outside, but I come home and I'm like, that was the most fun ever. And he's like, oh, I just need to like not talk to anybody. So what am I? I don't know. What are mm.
2: you? I think that you are the elusive extroverted introvert i am
0: Hmm. it seems like i am what i feel like at the moment but i actually test out an introvert i people wear me out yeah and then like if i speak to a crowd i might you know you could speak to five thousand men i'm slipping out the back when i'm done yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. i do not want to be in the crowd when i'm done i'm tired
1: that's how he is
0: so it's not that i don't like the crowd i'm just exhausted see and Mm -hmm. that's one of the ways now most people that know me would say you are extroverted i'm sorry
1: that's what they say about him but all the time. I will <laughs> go in
0: front of a crowd and I will do what I need to do.
2: Get yeah. it done, yeah. Mm-hmm. I will
0: even play the limbo if I have to. Yeah. I'm just not, I just can't wait to get out of there. Right. That's all. And
1: I'm sure mm-hmm. Linda obviously understands what you need at the oh, end of the absolutely. day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and when we get home, I know that he's exhausted, but yeah. to the outside world, they would expect the opposite. But it's
2: always good to have an extrovert when you're an introvert and vice versa because yeah. Switches things up, makes it fun.
0: Because really Linda is very introverted. So hmm. I mean when she read the book though, in fact we lent that book to people and uh, there have been people who have read it in tears. They were older people and they hmm. finally felt like they were there was an explanation coming a to vali- them about a how validation
2: they were. almost.
1: Yeah, felt understood.
0: That, yeah, because all their life an introvert basically not this is not normally an extrovert problem, but an introvert normally feels like there's something wrong with them. Hmm. Truly, yeah. And so they live their whole life believing there's something wrong with them because they just don't socialize as well. They don't want to, mm-hmm. and they have to pretend. So they're always pre- so. There's something wrong with me mentally. Right. Yeah. Um, there was an older guy who read it. I think he was in his 70s, and he, he his daughter said he just cried through the whole book <laughs> because it was one of those where it was explaining some of the differences. And one of the the basic differences is the introvert. Uh, scientifically, they can map. The thought process goes through a longer channel in their brain.
1: Mm -hmm. Interesting.
0: The extrovert often, it goes right from the thought to the mouth. Yeah, (laughs) that's me. So (laughs) what has to happen then is people need to understand that an extrovert probably said something they don't necessarily mean at this point. Mm. And they can back out of that because they're verbally processing it where an introvert will only do that inside. Yeah, and so they don't understand how you just said that, but don't mean it.
2: Well, that's that's part of our marriage as well, where I will think through something for a long while and say it, and then the Bible will say something, and she's like, "I didn't mean that. Hold on, I meant this." Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. I've learned a lot. Uh, so. I work with uh, summer staff all summer, we both do, um, and then the interns throughout the year. And when we ask a question, I've learned that I have to wait 20 seconds for the introverts to be able to process. And for me as an extrovert, I'm sitting there with my hands folded, like don't say anything to make them anxious so that they can have the freedom because it's often so insightful because they've actually thought about it versus Mm. for me sometimes I'll just say the first thing that makes sense in my mind.
0: Well, and you know, even though you're introvert extrovert, I mean there there are degrees. For example, there's there's people who are verbal processors.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like again, I'm probably honestly I test as that introvert, but I'm probably right on the line mm. as far as how things go. But I am an external processor, mm. which means your thoughts as if you keep them in your head, I I verbalize them. Yeah, me too. Which means I'm listening to what I just said and that's how I process. So I need to be able to do that. Yeah. And you need to give me the freedom to do that. So I can say, I really don't like that guy as a quarterback and I'm going, but he's okay. I see what I just did there was I heard myself processing hmm. And I'm starting to process like an introvert truly who thinks about it and doesn't talk would be processing, but they wouldn't say it unless it's proper. Yeah, because I'm
2: not going to present you the information until I've thought about it.
0: I am going to take the information and process it aloud. Yeah. However, that's benefited me on the radio and as a teacher Mm. because the people can see the processing.
2: Oh, they can see the path you're thinking. They can see it
0: because I'm taking it with them.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Okay, so that's the gifted part. And it's also a troubling part if you're processing a lot of things. Like, so often, Linda, I'll say something and she'll say, Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll look at something and go, That guy's an idiot. And yeah. I go, Don't say that. I said, Well, I wouldn't say it to him. <laughs> <laughs> I just processed it you know, in my head. Yeah. You know, how many introverts said, That guy's an idiot in their head? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: truly. yeah.
1: Right? You just said what the introverts were thinking. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: But I wouldn't say it to him, but Linda, you're the only one with an earshot, so you're the only one that heard me say that. Mm-hmm. And I'm, he is an idiot. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and she looks at me again like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but you're thinking it. Yeah. I'm just no, saying it. Just not saying it. <laughs> so oh, I, I think we have to be, you know, I think that's part of uh, maturing up, though. You realize, okay, I have to be careful with mm-hmm. how I... Yes, I process verbally, and I think that's really good because then I can take the Bible and I can talk about it, mm-hmm. and people can follow me verbally. Yeah. Um. But then you have to watch it because you have a tendency to say things that can get you in trouble.
2: Yeah. I think there's an allowance that introverts need to have with extroverts of letting them process the same way you do, except it's in your head. And I think that um, the same goes for the other where... Absolutely. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, when, when we have a decision to make at home, uh, like if I think, okay, we need a new sofa. Hmm. I know it's a year ahead of time I need to tell Linda that I think we need a new sofa. A year. She's going to think about it. Yeah, that one's okay. We got that one. And she's, just, she's not going to talk to me about it. She's going to think about it. Hmm. She also knows this. She knows that if she comes and says, I think we should paint the living room. Okay, I'm on my way to Menard's. <laughs> of- <laughs> Getting it done. Yeah so she has learned she will not say things to me until she's ready for having them done
2: Uh, yeah
0: so it's again it's noticing the partner in your life and noticing how they operate when I teach Mm -hmm. MBI now I didn't do this probably when you guys were in MBI but when I teach MBI one of the very first days I talk about introverts extroverts and I promise all the introverts this I will not embarrass them I will not call on them yeah where was that when I was a student yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> a lot of embarrassment. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you're different. <laughs> <laughs> you could actually handle it. I, <laughs> I enjoyed I, it. I think you could handle it. Yeah. But the, the bottom line really is most of the introverts in the class take a big sigh mm-hmm. and say thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, what they're doing in class is they're sitting there worried that you're going to include them, mm-hmm. and they're thinking about all the stuff that they have to answer correctly. They have, mm-hmm. You have now lost them in the lesson. Right. The extroverts, however, love getting picked on. So I find out who they are. I put them in a spot where I can pick on them. And that's, if I'm going to pick on somebody, that's who I go after. And they just give me more, give me more. In this class, this year, we have one extrovert. Wow. That's it.
1: Interesting.
0: Front left is where he sits. (laughs) So that I can go after him. Because if I need to pick on somebody, that's who I'm going to pick on. Oh, yeah. And the rest of them are they're safe in the class and because they feel safe right they can listen and the way they learn yeah you know like uh uh, linda she'll she'll take notes on everything i just look like i "I get writer's cramp doing that what are you taking so many notes Mm -hmm. for i like processing but not that way
1: do you feel like you have more class-wide engagement because of that
0: Uh, i think i do and i don't i mean some people will say that um You know, every teacher will teach, I think, within the context of their personality, first of all. And if you teach outside that, you're not going to teach well anyway. Right. I'm a lecturer because I just told you I verbally process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you get in my way while I'm doing that, I lose my processing. Mm -hmm. So I don't let you interrupt. Yeah. So everyone will say he's a lecturer. In his class, he's a lecturer. Yeah, I got a thought process going. I can't stop it. (laughs) Train's moving. Yeah, so. (laughs) Yeah. If you want a different personality, there's different teachers that do it differently.
2: And you benefit in that as well. I'm a very different teacher than you are. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Every teacher, and I tell the students that, every teacher does it well. They do it within the context of who they are. Mm-hmm. Get used to it, they're different. Oh yeah,
2: truth remains the same, so but yeah,
0: the teaching joy, style. enjoy the difference. And some of you are gonna really like the fact that I verbally process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of you are gonna go boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I understand that. I don't really care though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what you have to do is learn how to deal with it because you're going to have teachers all your life mm-hmm. people in your life that you say I wish you would have done it differently so why don't you No, know?
2: wait till you're the teacher
0: yeah deal with yeah. it I mean honestly I don't want you know the teachers here I don't want Rich to be me I don't want Steve mm-hmm. to be me I don't want to be them you, you know, my brother comes in and besides being ugly, he's, <laughs> 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 did I say that? Yeah. Uh, Linda's not here.
2: But, um, That's one of the huge pieces that I loved about the program, too, was there's so many different, everyone's speaking the same truth in different voices. Yeah. You know, you learn, you learn a very significant truth from so many of the people here.
0: Yeah, it's really unfortunate if you're trying to make everybody the same. In fact, I, I really recommend people listen to, like, podcasts and to messages from people that are outside their, their wheelhouse. Mm. Yeah. You know, um, I'm, a, I'm a white 63-year-old guy, even though I grew up in Chicago. I love listening to black inner-city churches. Mm. I live in the rural woods of Wisconsin. <laughs> it gives me a, a different insight into life and what's going on. I think that's important. Well, I appreciate you two coming. I hope you can stay for another uh, session here so that we can uh, have a full program with you here. And um, I appreciate those that are listening. You're listening to Younger and Older brought to you. From the studios of Relate365.com. We're on the campus of the Nicolay Bible and it actually is a division of Silver Bertrand. So we love you to go check us out on the website. Uh, thank you for spending time with us. Talk to you soon.